It's opening day, baby. Let's have some fun. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Benley. Today is Friday, April 8th, which means it is opening day in the Motor City. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. That's including YouTube. And it's time. We're here. We made it. We made it. We went through a lockout. We went through, uh, well, a lockout. We went through a crazy lockout. I, I didn't think we'd be here. I'll be completely honest. I didn't think we were playing 162. I didn't think we were playing in April at all. At all. I, I thought there were better chances that we didn't play at all than we actually played in April. I, if you would have told a month ago me that opening day would have been on April 8th, I would not have believed you whatsoever. So I'm just happy to be here, baby. I'm just happy. I'm so happy that that baseball is back. Oh, baseball is back. And the Detroit Tigers are back. Today's going to be a fun show. We're just going to go through. I, I've been tweeting out some uh, some questions on the Locked On Tigers account. Like, what's, what are some takes you have for the Tigers this year? Lineup predictions. All that kind of stuff. And... I kind of just want to go through and just have some fun. And I, I just want to point out some of the, the best takes I, I saw by you guys, by, by the listeners, and, and go over some of my favorite lineups that were applied because we got a ton of lineups, a ton of different, like completely unique lineups. Um, and I, I just want to go over some of the, the cool ones I've seen. We're just going to celebrate opening day, have an interactive kind of a show. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through – some of the stuff that you guys have been uh, have been sending me. So there you go. Happy opening day, baby. And we'll break all of it down and stuff. You know, I'm not just going to read tweets for 30 minutes. Like we're going to break down what would work and what wouldn't work in some of them and and the the takes and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be a fun show. Happy opening day. Happy opening day to everybody, to all who observe, which should be everyone. Damn right. Okay, let's start with – what do you guys want to start with? I guess we could just start with the the takes one, right? I just tweeted out baseball is back, reply or quote tweet with this, reply or quote tweet this with the Detroit Tigers takes you're planting your flag in this year. Uh, so we got quite a few. Mine was that Jamer Candelario is going to be an all-star. I think that he's been trending upwards for the last two. This will be the third season now. Uh, and his approach at the plate has gotten so significantly better year after year. And really ever since the, what he started off like over 25 or something ridiculous to, to kick off the, uh, the 2020 shortened season ever since then, ever since he broke out of that, he has been phenomenal, right? Around an 800 OPS last year. Uh, in the mid 800s in the condensed 2020 season. He's been phenomenal at the plate, and he's pretty much a net zero defender. Uh, but he's at the net zero defender at third, which leads to some pretty good value as well. 
I, I just think this is the year, man. I think this is the year he really, really breaks through. We saw the the doubles machine that he was last season, and I think putting him already with with the way he's been trending, putting him in a lineup where he's going to be sandwiched in between guys like Javi Baez, Austin Meadows, Spencer Torkelson at some point possibly when he moves up in the lineup. Um, I, I mean, Akil Badu, Robbie Grossman were there last year, but for the, just adding in so many more good offensive pieces to kind of cushion and, and be behind Jamer, I think is going to do him wonders. He's going to get more pitches to hit. People are going to want to go after him more. I truly think that this is the year Jamer Candelario just takes off. And, and so my take for the year with that was that Jamer Candelario would put up, um, uh, an all-star caliber season, right? Uh, let's look at some of the other ones because they're uh, honestly the most reoccurring one is everybody seems to be really high on Tarek Skubal. That seems to be like the biggest reoccurring thing. I mean, I got one, two, three, four, five, six. I mean, like out of all of these replies, I swear like, a third of them, maybe even more than a third of them, are Tarek Skubal is going to be the best pitch in the rotation. Tarek Skubal at Jake's bad tweets. Tarek Skubal gets one Cy Young. Tony Wallach, Tarek Skubal is going to eat. Like, everybody at Trevor, I don't know. Tarek Skubal top five in Cy Young voting. Like, everybody just seems to be huge on Tarek Skubal. Jacob Schumacher, Scooble breaks out and is the top pitcher on the staff. Like, everybody seems to be big on Scooby, which is very much the reoccurring theme for this question. Uh, and I, I don't mind it. I still think that he's got some some pretty big developmental hurdles to overcome when it comes to uh, the, the hard-hit balls he's giving up. His average exit velocity in the spring was still very high. I know the strikeout numbers were good. The secondary pitches all look fantastic. I completely agree. And I think he's going to be a really good pitcher on this team for a very long time. But for the immediate future, it appears, again, at least in the spring, that this hard-hit ball thing has not gone away. And last year, he was very much a strikeout or I'm going to give up a you know 92-mile-an-hour ball off the bat. And it, it appears that that might still be the case. Now, that's something that him and Federer can work on and he can overcome. There, there's a, a lot that can be changed there, and there's a, a lot of room for him to still grow. And I absolutely believe in, in Tarek Skubal and the future of Tarek Skubal. This year, that's just going to be the biggest thing he has to overcome. If you guys want all that to be true, it's going to have it, it will be true because he stops giving up a ton of hard contact all the time. That that's the biggest thing he's got to overcome. And we've talked about why, you know, the fastball tails in and, and all that kind of stuff. But the secondary pitches did look really, really good this spring. And I'm very confident in Scooby going into this year as well. Uh, the, some of the other notable ones, uh, several on Austin Meadows to no surprise to everybody, anybody, right? Uh, some, well, I mean, honestly, one of my favorite ones is, is Ben Kaufman saying uh, that five different players on the team are going to hit 20 home runs. I love that. Let's talk about which five that would be. I feel like that off the top of my head, that's probably pretty self-explanatory, but let's just talk about the different possibilities. 
Javi would definitely be one. Meadows would definitely be one. Those are the two. And Jamer would probably have to be one if you want to get five, right? So there's three right off the bat. The last two, probably uh, Miguel Cabrera. I feel like he would probably have to be one of those if you want a, a, a 20 home run hitter, have him get back up there. I'm not sure he's capable. He, okay, so let's just let's just not include Miggy then. Is it possible to do without Miggy? Jamer, Meadows, Baez, he's easily the three of the five. Badu, question mark, maybe? I mean, Grossman hit 20 last year. There's nothing that says he can't have, have a 2020-type season again. So we can throw him in there. Uh, Badu increases the if he gets more opportunities against lefty and hits some homers off lefties he could barely be very easily be in that mix um i mean if miguel cabrera is playing every day you know there's nothing that says he can't hit 15 to 20 um i i, I like that one I, I really like that one because i i like that one because on a betting website like on betonline.net that would be a plus money thing probably a pretty hefty plus money thing because there's not five clear candidates like, oh, yeah, it's, it, you know, five dudes would hit homers and it would be these five. That's five dudes would hit homers and you really only have guaranteed two, but probably three locks of that five. And then the rest is kind of wishy-washy. And that's why. It, but there are also like, what, eight people that you could feasibly see hitting 20. So I, I really like that one a lot. Uh, you, you don't have to pinpoint exact names, but you can kind of go, okay, I, I feel like 20 is a – or five players to 20 is a pretty decent number. We'll get into some of these other ones, and then we'll get into the lineups to end the show. There's a lot of really interesting lineups out there. I'm pretty pumped about that. First, though, I got to tell you all about Built Bar. You got to try the Puffs. That's what this all keeps coming back to. You got to try the Puffs. If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're all so good. They're going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. 100% real chocolate. Low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. Go to built.com, scroll down to see the macros chart. You'll be blown away. Built Bars have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You compare that to a candy bar, they usually have about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it will be delicious, and it will be good for you. So go to built.com right now. Use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, everybody. We are back for segment two here at Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day. Check out Lockdown MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. All right, let's get in, back into some of these takes, man, because there are some pretty fun ones. Uh, Jacob Schumacher also had Meadows and Baez in the 30 home run club. I don't mind this one at all either. Meadows, we, we know, is capable of that. 
Um, Baez, it, it, I mean, has done it before, right? Like, is is definitely capable. I think I took the under when we did our our bets show a couple of days ago. I'm pretty sure I took the under on Baez for like 27 and a half. Uh, I, I would still probably take the under, but for both of those dude to hit 30, that 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 would be great and very feasible. So I like that one too. Uh, Jacob Schumacher also had Badu 2020 club. Love it. Absolutely love it. Let's have let's have two years in a row of somebody in the 2020 club. I'm all about that. Um, at elementary had Meadows career high RBI which is 106, so more than 106 RBIs. I'm not a big RBI guy, as you all know. I don't think it really determines how good or, or bad a player is. But if Austin Meadows has over 106 RBIs, something good is happening in this lineup, and I'm all about it, so I'll gladly take it. Um, let's see. Eddie Eichenhorn, I think I pronounced that right. Great, great, very supportive of my content. I really appreciate you, Eddie, for real. Um, he also had Jamer Candelario all, all-star caliber season. He, uh, he, he specified that, you know, all-star voting is a little wanky sometimes. So all-star caliber season, not necessarily an all-star totally understand that. Totally get that. Uh, will, will, will or baby that that's the dog. Uh, will also had torque winning rookie of the year. All about that. Obviously, as we know. Uh, Trevor, I don't know, also had Torque hitting 35 bombs and Tarek Skubal top five Cy Young voting. If those happen, I mean, we're we're going dancing, right? I mean, if both of those things happen, we're, we're taking the division. The AL Central is the Detroit Tigers division if Torque hits 35 bombs and Scooby is a top five pitcher in the American League. The Detroit Tigers are, are running the division. Uh, Michael Romero, also great guy. Said uh, White Sox Tigers rivalry is going to be incredible this year. This is one of my favorite ones because this is just facts. Like we saw last year that that rivalry got heated up. I think that White Sox Tigers is going to be like this generation, this upcoming generation of baseball fans. Like this is going to be a well known rivalry in baseball. Both teams are young, both teams are going to be good. And, and fighting for playoff spots and or fighting for the AL Central crown for many years going forward, I fully expect the White Sox and Tigers to be a reoccurring, like at some point nationally recognized as like, yo, this is a big time rivalry in the sport. I I, I really like that one a lot. Um, Let's see what else we have. We, we A lot of Tarek Scooble, man. Like that's really is the reoccurring thing. Um. Samuel, Al, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the, the second half of that. I apologize. But Tarek Skubal will be the ace out of the three-headed monster of Mize Manning Skubal. Uh, I mean, Skubal will be top 10 in strikeouts from Donna. Like, there's a lot, lot of Tarek Skubal, as you guys can tell. Um, at Mikey89000 has Miggy hitting 20-plus homers. We kind of touched on that one earlier. Uh, and then to end it, one another Scooble one, because that's what all of these seem to be. Uh, at Ringrose underscore 88 had Scooble leads the American League in strikeouts. The Detroit Tigers fan base is big on Tarek Scooble. That's what you need to take away from this. Let's get into the lineup one. All right. Because there's a lot of really fun lineups out there. 
I had I had a blast going through y'all's lineups for real. Like there there are some really fun ones. I guess I'll start. Should I just start with mine? Does that make sense? If I just start with my own and then we can kind of like go through uh, everybody's different variation of that. My lineup, I have Grossman leading off, playing right field. Meadows at two, playing left field. Baez at three, shortstop. Jamer at four, third base. Miggy, five, DH. Badu, six, and center. Torkelson, seven at first. Scopey, eight at second. And Barnhart, nine at catcher. Um, I think there's, look, before we get any further, there's no point in trying to predict like what the lineup will be for the year. That's not, you're not going to be able to do that because we're going to see a million different lineup combinations. This is AJ Hinch. There's going to be a lot of matchup based stuff, a lot of analytical based stuff. Uh, there's just absolutely no way that you are going to be able to accurately predict the Tigers lineup for this year because there's going to be a million different lineups, okay? Now, what we can try and do is pinpoint a a general guesstimate of all of these players will be around here or, you know, against righties, maybe it looks more like this, that kind of thing. And at least an early in the season, you know, on opening day, what do we think the lineup's going to look like, right? So that's more what I was going for here. Like on opening day, what's kind of the first attempt at, at, a, at a stable lineup? Miggy's going to be in the middle because it's still Miggy. Um, I really like Jamer batting in the three, four, or five more than I do the one or two. I think he's still, I mean, arguably the best hitter on this team. Like he's still in that. He's a top three hitter on this team comfortably. Um so, uh, but I, I like, because he doesn't have necessarily the home run power, I like Grossman at the very top, raised the OVP stuff, and then everybody after him just being really solid. And, and so I really like the Grossman and then followed by Meadows, Baez, Candelario. I was a big fan of that. It's my lineup, obviously. I'm a big fan of it. But that, that's the reasoning behind uh, kind of my top half of the lineup there. Some other ones that I liked. Uh, let's start with, well, we'll go to Michael Romero again. He had a pretty interesting one. Uh, his was almost identical to mine, except he had Badu in the nine hole, and then everybody else moving up one. He also squit, switched Scope and Torkelson. So we had Scope six, Torque seven, Barnhart eight, Badu nine, and the top half was the same as mine. Uh the like second leadoff hitter at the nine hole thing is still something that even in this new era of baseball, people still very much like a lot. And I I could totally see it bringing in Meadows. He's going to be in the top five of this lineup, top four, I would say of this lineup Meadows is especially against righties, right? Like it's, it's going to happen. So I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, man. Like I said, it's it's impossible to predict like an everyday lineup. There's just going to be so many. Um, let's get well. We'll get into the rest of them after I tell y'all about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championships odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for sports wagering information, including live betting esports and scores 
So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, everybody. We are back here for another edition of Locked on Tigers. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day. Be sure to check us out on the YouTube. It's fun. You get to see me. It's cool. Okay, so I think one of my favorite lineups was by Leighton Stouffer. And I, I replied to them on Twitter and said, like, I've been fascinated with this. It, not necessarily in the sense of this is going to be the lineup, but I could absolutely see this lineup being rolled out there a few times this year. And I think it is the perfect, like, equal distribution of the Detroit Tigers offensively. I, I think it is a, a perfect distribution where you have just like no at-bats off. You don't go through a couple of batter stretch in the bottom or whatever where you're like, oh, I can take an at-bat off or two as a pitcher. Like it is a very even distribution of talent. So he had Badu center field, Candelario third, Baez shortstop, Cabrera DH, Scope batting fifth at second, Meadows sixth in right field, Grossman seven in left field, Torkelson eighth at first, and Barnhart batting nine at catcher. Like I said, I, I just think that this is a, a incredible distribution of ability. And I, I like I it's not my perfect lineup. Like I, I would want Meadows way higher. I want Meadows to be hitting in either the end of the first inning or with less than two outs in the second. Like I want Meadows to get as many at bats as possible. Um, so there, you know, there's there's a little again, not my perfect lineup necessarily. I'm just fascinated by it because I, I think it's such it's so like level headed just across one through nine. I think it would be really cool to roll this out there a couple of times this year. Um, some other ones that I liked. Uh, let's see. Well, I liked, uh, Widmer sports talk who also has, has interacted with my stuff for a while. I, I, I liked their lineup, liked his lineup a lot. Grossman leading off Meadows two, Candelario three, Baez four, Miggy five, scope six, Barnhart seven, Torkelson eight, Badu nine puts Badu in, in the second leadoff spot, still keeps Torkelson down there kind of somewhat protected by Badu, especially if it's a righty. Um, so I, I, I like that a little bit. Barnhart at seven. He's really the only guy in the lineup you're not relying on offense from, or you don't expect offense from. So as long as he's in the bottom third, I'm going to be pretty content with wherever you put him. I still, I would still put him at nine. As y'all know, I read my lineup earlier, but as long as he's somewhere between seven and nine and batting, you know, in the third inning, that that's fine. Um, I also like Steve Cook, his lineup. Steve is, is another guy that that replies and, and interacts with a lot of my content. Um, he has Badu in center at one, Grossman at two in right, Baez batting third, Candy batting fourth, Meadows fifth, Miggy sixth, Scope seven, Torque eight, Barnhart nine. Uh, I, I really... It's an interesting debate because uh, from the replies that we got, about half the fan base had Badu and Grossman 
at, at one and two, not necessarily in that order, but had those two guys in the first two spots of the lineup. And the other half had one of them leading off and the other one batting ninth. We seem to be pretty split on that as a fan base. And if they, Badu and Grossman should just be the one and two hitters or if they should be the one and nine hitters. Now I had Badu at fifth because uh, especially against righties, I don't see why you have to pigeonhole him into either a leadoff or a second leadoff spot. He is a good enough pure hitter against right-handed hitting where I, I have no problem putting him at sixth in my lineup, which is at what I, what I did obviously um, against lefties. Maybe I'm more confident in putting him at nine and more comfortable. I should say putting him at nine, um, but we'll see, man. It's, it's definitely interesting because you're going to want, you know, most people still want the traditional like speed at the top of the lineup thing. Um, Grossman at two, I'm fine with, you know, OBP King. I'm very much want him as high up in the order as you're comfortable. Uh, but putting them both in the top two, Badu and Grossman getting the most at bats on your team in a lineup that has Jamer Candelario, Austin Meadows, and Javier Baez in it doesn't sit a hundred percent right with me, which is why I had Badu further down in my lineup and kept Grossman at the top. Very okay with, with, with one of the two of them at the top, but I, I want the two guys, at least one of the two guys that are getting the two most plate appearances on my team any given day to, to be one of the best hitters on my team, which is why I had Meadows up there at the two spot for mine. Uh, but I, I do really like this lineup. There's a couple that put Jamer at two as well. Uh, Tigers English D at Tigers English D. Had Grossman at leadoff, Candy at two, Meadows at three, Baez four, Miggy five, Scope six, Badu seven, Torkelson eight, and Barnhart nine. This is a lot closer to mine, right? Just switching Jamer and uh, and and Meadows and then doing a little bit of stuff with, uh, with Badu and Scope down there as well. But um, – they they also point out that Torgelson can move up pretty quickly in this lineup. I think we're all expecting that. Absolutely. He'll start off seven or eight, but there's nothing to say that by mid-May even, he's not batting six, five in this lineup. Um, the, I, I, I like this one a lot. It's pretty similar to mine, so that it makes sense. But I do like featuring Jamer at two and giving him the credit of being one of the best hitters in this lineup uh, because he deserves it. And I'm not sure enough people really give him credit as just outright saying, yes, Jamer Candelario has been our best hitter for the last two years. That is pretty objective. That is, that is a fact, right? And I'm not sure he, he really gets the credit of holding that crown of, you know, for, for two whole seasons on a major league team, he, he was the best hitter on it. So I, I'm, I'm totally fine with Jamer at the two as well. Uh, the, a lot of people, you know, get into arguments about Miguel Cabrera and, you know, he should just bat in the bottom of the lineup, whatever. It's not going to happen, especially on opening day. It's not going to happen. He's going to be in the middle of this lineup. I, I don't expect him to bat three or four anymore, but I fully expect him to be the five hitter on this team fully. Um, so that's just something you're like, you're going to have to get over it, it. It's, he's not going anywhere. He's got two years left. Try and enjoy it. Try not to be. Uh, oh, like, why is he still batting this high in the lineup? Just try and enjoy it. You got two years of Miguel Cabrera left, baby. Um, I, I think that's mostly it for the ones that stuck out to me uh, in a big way. 
I mean, again, it's it's mostly just a lot of debate between who the two hitter is and where Torkelson is and where Meadows is. Those are like the big three differentials, differences. That's the word, <clears throat> excuse me, between everybody. Seems to be mostly those things. Um, I just can't wait. I can't wait. And it's fascinating, too, because this is a, a lineup for the most part for the history of the Detroit Tigers, we've kind of known our lineup. Like it's been pretty set in stone of like, Oh, this, this guy's going to bat here. This guy's going to bat here, whatever. This is the the first time in a while that not only do we have a competitive team, but we have a competitive team that isn't going to have even close to a set lineup in it. Like at all. We're going to go in every single day and, and a little bit of stuff's going to get tweaked and there's going to be a little bit different every single day. That's kind of exciting. It's kind of terrifying too, but it's kind of exciting. I just can't wait. I cannot wait for opening day. By the time you're listening to this, maybe you're listening to this after the game, maybe you're listening to this before the game, you get yourself hyped up, whatever. It's time. It's time. We're playing meaningful baseball. I'm so happy. I'm going to be at Comerica on Friday. Uh, if you see me, be sure to say hi. Love uh, love when I go down there and I run into to listeners and stuff. So be sure to say hi if uh, if you see a, a very tall, very curly-haired, large-nosed gentleman. That is me. Uh, so be sure to say what's up. Thanks for making a lot on Tigers. Your first listen every day. We'll be back on Monday recapping a weekend of regular season games. Brings a smile to my face. Make your second listen today, though, Locked on MLB. Host Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully. Things use unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. That'll do it. We made it. Give yourself a pat on the back. We made it. Erod's going to be on the bump. We're going against the White Sox. Uh, news and notes for opening day really quick. No Tim Anderson for the White Sox for the first two games because of the big bench-clearing brawl thing that happened against the Tigers and White Sox at the end of last season. Um, so he's getting suspended two games for that, so we will have to deal with, uh, as I called him last year, the mayor of Detroit in the third game. But we are, thankfully, will not have to face uh, Tim Anderson in the first two games uh, besides that, I mean, Lance Lynn is hurt. I, I would imagine it's going to be Giolito for them. So it's going to be an Erod Giolito matchup. Um, I think that's it. Let's go win. Let's go win, baby. Let's go win. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. I'll catch you on Monday. Recapping regular season baseball. Go Tigers.